Good morning and welcome to the original Loretta Brown show. I don't know what happened there, Betty, but it's good. Oh, you it's did great. Good. Great. You so, did. There's a lot of buttons to push these days. Everyone's still staying, you know, staying safe and masking you know, up, doing the doing the do. You know, Betty, they always have those statues. You know, I do Vedic chanting. They have those mm-hmm. statues with the, the, the gods and goddesses with all the arms. And that is you, my friend. Oh, well, thank you. That is you. <laughs> I feel like I need to add a few more in there. That's a good idea for Halloween, then. I got Halloween coming up. Oh, because you always win. That I am party. on a, well, I've, I'm on a three-peat, so I'm looking for a four-peat. But I don't know if it's going to really happen this year, you know, because of things going on. But uh, yeah. we're discussing this virtually as a company, so we'll go there. Okay, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Anyway, everybody, this is the original Loretta Brown Show, radio to open the heart, heal the soul, and awaken the consciousness. I am the owner of Reiki Oasis for the last 26 years here in the greater Seattle area. I will keep all announcements until the end because I have such a wonderful guest today, and he's only here for the first half of the show, and, and you know... Um, I'll introduce him, but it it, it I, I feel this heart thing going on, and he is just a wonderful man. So I'm honored to have on my show again, Dr. Irvin Laszlo, PhD. He's twice nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. Dr. Laszlo is a philosopher, a systems theorist, a scientist, and an advocate for the theory of quantum consciousness. He's a futurist and a prolific author. He has authored, co-authored, and edited over 100 books translated into over 24 languages, as well as over 400 research articles and papers. He has so many accomplishments, I can't list them all here, to include being the director of the Laszlo Institute of New Paradigm Research and the founder and president of the Club of Budapest. Today, we're going to be discussing his new book, Global Shift Now, a call to evolution and in our interview today dr laszlo will be discussing and answering a very important time sensitive and pertinent question how do we build a post-pandemic world while honoring the most cherished values and achievements of our past and possibly more importantly maintaining our humanity thank you for being on the show today um irvin i am truly honored and just Thank you so much. You're such a, 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 a tank of information and thinking. Yeah. Wonderful to be back again, Loretta. Thank it's you. Always full of sunshine and positivism that you radiate. That's great. Thank you. It is one of my intentions and goals with this show to send out very good, positive, whatever, energy, vibrations, and, and goodness to the world to help balance out and help us move forward. Um, you know, um, Irvin, can I call you Irvin, Dr. Please, Laszlo? Please, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, thank you. And you can call me Loretta. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> anyway, uh, we appear to be, an ex- to be in an accelerating global crisis. Many people are very concerned about what is coming. And, um, you know, it's global, but it's also very personal. And many of the people I work with have such deep felt questions like, will I be okay? Will my family be okay? What about the economy? What about politics? What about our health? What What is going on? And I think a, a very minimal statement is that 2020 has been somewhat challenging, problematic. So my question to you is, what times are we actually finding ourselves in? And this is a big question, but what gift, 
if there is one, has the coronavirus brought us? Well, I think you can't think of the crisis as a kind of a blessing. I mean, it's a strange, a strange thing to say, but we're talking about the positive aspects. And a crisis is always both danger and opportunity. And now we need an opportunity. I say having an opportunity is a blessing. The price can be very high. In this case, a virus and people suffering. But a crisis from whatever its cause is always a call to change because we know that it can't stay, go on like this. So the crisis is tends to something that deepens. It doesn't go away by itself, or, but, or if it starts going away, luckily, okay, then we still have to help it along. It's not, it can't just sit with folded hands. It would be a crime against humanity. We have to do something. And a crisis is an opportunity to change. And I say a global crisis is a golden opportunity because we need to change. And the change is not whether we change, but how we change and how soon do we change. And these are the questions I think to ask ourselves. Well, I think that, you know, that the imminence of things is, is what is impressed upon me, right? You know, especially because we're over here in, in, along the West Coast in Seattle, dealing with the smoke from the fires. And, and I feel like every time that we just about go, Oh, let me see if I can catch my breath. Then there's something else coming, right? So the energy of this is really here, this global shift. It's really here. It is, it is here. And we didn't know that it's coming, but I think if you look at the global situation and the kind of world that we have created, how we treat each other and how we treat the environment, I think we could, we could have known, we did know, I think, that sooner or later, a crisis will be coming because the world, to use the most popular word these days for it, is unsustainable. That's the world that we have created. So the question is what crisis comes and when? So now we know the first crisis came and hopefully this crisis can be overcome, finding the antidote, finding a vaccine in this case, finding ways to cope with it. But then it's not that when the hunky-dory, everything is then okay then we have, have to face the possibility of other crises coming, environmental crises, uh, health crises of other kinds, crises of resource distribution, of conflict, of competition, of violence. Uh, you know, there's a whole row of them. So the question is not just overcome one thing at a time with a vaccine. There are many other, other things that we can't cure with a vaccine. Mm -hmm. How the, the idea is, the question is, can we change fundamentally? That means, do we change in our own mind, in our own consciousness, in such a way that we approach the problem in a different way, that we are free of the old shackles, of the, of the old competitions, the old intolerances, the old conflicts, and try to act as members of, the, of one family, because we are one family family of humanity and the family of humanity is part of a larger family, a family of all life on earth, of the biosphere. So the question is, how are we, be, how do we behave as a member of the larger family? That's the key question. If we can answer that, if we can find a better way, if we can find a true way of being a member of that global family, of family of life, then I think we have a way to cope with all the problems. 
You know, I um, I look out across the world and I and I think to myself, what has happened to you know sympathy and empathy and compassion? Um, where where has it gone? You know, in in the middle of crisis, or I, I'm using that word crisis, but really your book is global shift, right? Global yeah. shift, and it's like how do we how do we navigate this, Irvin? What what can we do to stabilize ourselves as we go through this? And this is probably 16 questions. What can we do to help us move through this more gracefully? Well, you know, there is this old saying, now repeated over and over again by Gandhi, you know, be the change that you want to see in the world. So we have to start at home with us. We are, the crisis is ultimately a human created crisis. We could be living a much more natural life. We could be living much more incorporated, inserted in the biosphere. We could be living in harmony with each other, with understanding, as, as you say, with empathy and with sympathy with each other. We could feel ourselves as be, being members of, of, as I said, of a large family. So it starts at home. Now, what I want to add to that is not just a kind of a general saying that hopefully, uh, you know, we can change. We must find the way that we can change ourselves. And here I want to add something that to me is very important element and it's not often regarded, is that the new sciences now are discovering that this is not a random universe. It's a universe that's oriented in some ways. It must be oriented toward unity, toward wholeness, our oneness, the integration of elements. In the science perspective, we call it oriented toward coherence, where all things work together and all things maintain each other. This kind of a coherence is the natural state in nature. That's nature's state. That's the universe's state. This is not a passive universe that's running down toward heat deaths, as we used to think 20, 30 years ago. Now we know that this universe is a highly participatory universe. It's a cooperative universe. Where all things are in communication with all other things. Nothing quite disappears in this universe. It's all things influence each other in a lasting way. It's a different world. Now, if we recognize that, that in this universe is not a passive, random place, but a highly directed, dynamic universe, then we recognize also that this impetus, this very same information towards oneness, towards wholeness, that is in the galaxies. It's there in the atom. It's there in the quantum that make up the atoms. And it's there in the molecules that make up the cells of our body. So it's in us. It's in us. It's there in a deep level of our consciousness. So I call it the holotropic principle. Holotropic means holos, and tropism, you know, is a tendency toward, there is a tendency toward wholeness in the universe, and that's not metaphysics, that's physics. That's the new physics. So if we can recognize that and know that it's in us, then we can just help to go back to ourselves and to find, because then we look at the world differently. We look at now your world or mine, you get it or I get it. Always playing these zero-sum games where it's my good is your, your, your this benefit, your benefit is my problem. This is the, the wrong way to look at the world. The world is a cooperative world. 
it's not true anymore that originally Darwin thought that this fetus survives and the rest somehow disappears. It turns out that the most cooperative survives. In fact, the most cooperative thrives because it works together with all other things. This is a world made for cooperation. Just recognize it. And then I think we will find a better world. We'll find a way. It's not a question of finding little bits of patchwork solutions. Fix this, fix that. The fixes don't work. The fixes have to start with ourselves, with changing ourselves. Relate differently. Okay, as you say, relate with empathy, with sympathy. Relate with, as the young people say, with love, with unconditional love. And because that's how nature operates. Nature is a, a sphere of cooperation, a sphere of oneness growing in that direction. It seems like there's violence also in nature, but the violence always serves the coherence of the larger system. We can live peacefully in, a, in, in the world if we only find the strengths in us. So I say, start with yourself. And if you, many people will start like this, if there's a critical mass built that way, then we will cope with the problems. It's not me against you, it's me and you. We all together, that's the way to, to approach the problem. I think that's the way out because there are solutions to everything there is a solution. They're all man-made problems. The way we relate to nature, also the problems of nature are created by humans. This could be a harmonious and operative, sustainable world, but we create it. We create the unsustainability of the conflict. So start with us, we'll end up with a better world. Well, that was lovely. Um, that is so in alignment with everything that comes out of my mouth all of the time, right? Like, um, <laughs> you know, there's an old saying in martial arts, and maybe this sounds a bit violent, but it's martial arts, and it's like when when the warriors would all get in a circle, they'd, they'd be in a circle with their backs toward each other, and they'd say, point your weapons out, not at each other, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yes. that, yeah, that goes along with this idea of cooperation and coherence. And, and yes, we're, we are in this together. We're, we're definitely in this together. Um, that's, a, that's something that is now becoming crystal clear. And that's one of the blessings, one of the benefits, as we finally realize that there are no exceptions. We are all part of the whole world of this white human and life living world on the planet recognize this that what we do to each other is what we do to ourselves and that i think is the key to acting in a better way not just you acting in a better way me acting in a better way that's i think where it starts well and i could also really hear the depth of what you were saying in in the fact that we're in evolution and that means an evolution of consciousness the very the very way that we're looking at existence on this planet going from you know survival of the fittest to hand in hand absolutely Mm -hmm. evolution that's evolution is toward oneness you know i write in 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 some of my books i've written about this that ultimately the universe itself moves toward evolution in the universe is toward oneness it started with a big bang you know 13.8 billion years ago that's when the process that are going that is going on in the universe has started. That's the best date we can find for it. And since that has started with a universe that was 
global chaos, a heat, heat bomb as it were exploding, when not, there was nothing permanent in it, everything was chaotic. And gradually this universe started schooling and, and forming things and it began by the, uh, by the hydrogen atom with a proton and the neutron coming together and creating a nucleus. And from that nucleus can attract electrons and can create molecules and molecules can create cells and the whole process then goes on you know, to the living world also. It took a little while. 13.8 billion years to reach where we are now. <laughs> but life itself is perhaps 4 billion years, 4.5 billion years. But it's been evolving and it is evolving all the time. And evolution is not passive, not just as the positivists used to say, you know, the skeptical philosophers, just one darn thing after another. There is a reason, there is a logic behind it. That logic is the way things evolve, the direction in which they evolve. And their direction is what we can best conceive of as belongingness, as oneness, integration. As I said, in science, we talk about coherence. But coherence means everything working together. So that's the direction in the universe as the direction in our body. When we are healthy, when we are, we are coherent. And we are coherent not only inside mm -hmm. our body, we are also coherent with the world around us. If you could only recognize this, then we'll be coherent, more coherent with each other and with our environment. And then these problems that we face today, even beyond even the virus problem, that those problems could be helped, could be coped with, because cooperatively, there is a solution to every problem that we can conceive of. There is a solution. And the solution is always getting back, getting back to the source. You know, the book that I wrote last spring that was published called, called Reconnecting to the Source. That's the problem. That's the issue, I think. Mm -hmm. Back back to nature, back to the source. Oh, yeah, you've got it there. <laughs> yeah, I have your book, <laughs> Reconnecting to the Source. Sounds, I love, familiar, yes. <laughs> love this book. And then I just have a printout of the cover of your new book, Global yes. Shift Now. So I want people to see that and uh, be able to find those uh, books and, and seriously read them. They're, they're imperative, I think, right now, actually. Wonderful. So I'm trying to get a message across. I'm trying to practice it myself. I'm trying to live as naturally as possible, eat well, uh, do earthing, do forest bathing, and do uh, all the healthy things that I can possibly think of and relate positively with other people. And if you can start just trying, I don't know how successful I am, but if you can just try, I try. If you can try to do that, I think we'll go a long way toward diffusing the crisis and living better with each other. Diffusing the crisis. I like that idea. Um, in, in your book, you talk about um, uh, that, that you say, and this is a quote from the book, resistance to change comes from the center and it blocks the initiatives for change at the periphery. Now the global pandemic disrupted the power of the center. And then you also talk about change uh, being molded from the bottom. Can you explain that just a little bit? Well, that is a very interesting finding in the last 10, 20 years, coming from population biology. Used to think that, you know, populations will change or species will change by the leading dominant species change. And then the change penetrates from the center. 
It's just the other way around. The dominant species, the leaders, don't change. They die out. You know, the change is in the periphery. The change is all the time occurring. It's a creative process that goes on all the time. And when the center is weakens its hold on the whole system, then these peripheral changes can mutate, can nucleate, can explode as it were, become, become encompassing. And then there's a new system coming about. So the change comes from the periphery. Please don't expect your leaders to change that fast from one thing to another. Everybody, everybody who's leading today's world has a stake in maintaining that today's world. And we can't maintain the world. We have to be open to change. So we have to have courage, but we have to know also that staying by the status quo is not a good thing. Try to think that in that way that it's a funny paradox. Doing something that maintains the system today seems like a good thing, but it's actually not a good thing because it prolongs that system. Ah, mm -hmm. So it's not enough to do something less bad just to, so that the system can continue. You have to do something really good, and the really good is different from what we have. The really good is not competition-based, it's cooperation-based. It's not zero-sum-based, not you or, or I. It's you and I. It's, an, it's the old idea, holism, you know, and working to get togetherness. But this old idea, so it used to be spirituality, used to be just, uh, just sort of metaphysics, you know, becoming very, very pragmatic and practical. That's the only way that we can go forward together. We can't make it separately, but we can go together. And that's our chance now to try it. I also am hearing very clearly in what you're saying that uh, even though this is global, it's a global shift, that the, the periphery is us, isn't it? Each one of us, right? And also our solidarity and our, our, our willingness to do our own work, um, you know, to whatever that might mean, but to be a better person. I'm, I'm going to oversimplify that comment and, and come in together. Absolutely. I am... I, um, I like the analogy of, of a candle and in a room that's completely pitch dark, all you have to do is light a candle and the darkness begins to be dissipated. And then that candle can light so many other candles and then there we are, we're all lit up. You know, I have that simple right. concept it's, of saying. It's the butterfly effect applied mm -hmm. to candles. Yes. yes, it is the butterfly effect, yes, exactly. Uh, can you tell people briefly what the butterfly effect is? I, I sometimes think it's it's basics, but you know, people listening might not know. Mm -hmm. Well, it's in, it's based on a metaphor, but the metaphor has a real basis. The metaphor is uh, seems very uh, implausible, but that's the metaphor, and the, the the dynamic of it is is makes sense. The metaphor is that if you have a, a, a let's say a monarch butterfly in Seattle flapping its wings then a week later there'll be a tornado in outer mongolia <laughs> and this you can you can trace that origin of that of the tornado to the little air current created by the butterfly in seattle because one thing leads to another it amplifies and amplifies because it one thing leads to another thing and pull it, pulling it together and every time it picks up energy and picks up power 
So this is what happens when a world is, again, to get back to the more sort of, let's say, scientific perspective, the basis of it, when a world is has chaos in it, an element of chaos. Now, that's the chaos is not un disorder, not lack of order, but it's a very creative order. It's the way where, where a system is dominated by so-called chaotic attractors. That means many things are possible in that system. And very small effects. You can change that system in a minor, a little way. And this can be simulated by computers, you know, and change it in a tiny little way. And that little effect will create consequences that just grows and grows, amplifies and amplifies until it changes the behavior of the system as a whole. So that's the butterfly effect. And a little thing can change the world. Let me just quote Margaret Mead, you know, the famous yeah. anthropologist. She yeah. said, never thought the power of a small group to change the world. And then she added, nothing else ever has. <laughs> and this is so true, especially when we live in a chaos, when in, in a crisis which has a higher element of chaos in it. That's the opportunity part, the opportunity that we can create our little input, and that little input can become a major, major effect that changes, changes the way everything operates. I love that. Um, that is so hopeful, what you said. And also, it's like, I, it's almost a, a, a call to people to do something because whether you're doing something positive or ne negative, your butterfly effect is going out into the world. So I always say, try not to contribute to the problem. Don't be the problem. You know, be the change you want to see in the world. Right. You know, one of these famous ecologists <laughs> coming from Northwest United States, Garrett Harding. Uh, he said that you can't just do just one thing. Uh, whatever you do has a myriad different consequences. Mm -hmm. And it feeds back and feeds forward, feeds back to you, feeds to other people. You can't do just one thing. So let's remember that. What you can do is a powerful effect. Now, if you can do it consciously, not just whatever happens to come to mind, but really think about it. Try to recognize who you are how to act in this world, I think then you can have a tremendous influence. Then you can really change the world. You yourself can change the world. Um, I'm just going to ask you this, but I can tell by the way you're talking. Are you hopeful about the future that we're stepping into? I am what you call, might call. I mean, I've been asked the question, so I, I try to find an answer. To that. <laughs> I'm neither optimist or, or, or pessimist. I'm a possibilist. I think there is a real possibility. I love that. Yeah. All right. It's up to us. It's, it's not predisposed. It's not predetermined. A pessimist is, I think, is one. A, 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 a pessimist is one who thinks this is the worst of all possible worlds. You see, and uh, rather an optimist thinks this is the best of all possible worlds. And then, yeah, that and the correct way to say it is the pessimist is very much afraid, afraid that the optimist is right. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, they're always like, la, 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 don't talk, don't say that, right? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, it has been such a pleasure to have you on the show. Do you have any last words for people? Loretta, it's great that you're doing this. You're radiating energy. You're radiating positive sense. Thank and you. It's all there. It's all, it's all in our attitude. Thank you. If people Thank would you. like you, I think we'll have a very positive and quick approach to overcome the problems that we have. 
And really, this will be a gateway to a new world, to a better world. It's our chance. It's our possibility. Thank you. I so, uh, so appreciate it. I want to remind people, Irvin's newest book, Global Shift Now, A Call to Evolution. And Irvin, I also want to thank you for sharing your vision in this book. You know, there's a verse in the Bible where there's no vision, the people perish. Yes. And, and people need a vision. And that's why I think it's so imperative that um, everybody go where you can find books, you know, where that's at, right? And, um, and get it. It's, it's only 100 pages. It's a quick read. And I've read it about six times because it's inspiring to me, very inspiring. Mm -hmm. oh, wonderful, thank you. Well, let's try together to spread the news, which is a positive, a good news. But finally, it's up to us. Yeah. And I think if people are like you and like I try to be, we won't have any problems in the future. Yeah. So thank you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and let you go. Benny, are you there? Yes, ma'am, I'm here. All right, good. And I just want to end with this, Irvin, because it's it will make me giggle. It might make you giggle. There is also a verse in the Bible that says, how beautiful are the feet of those who spread good news. So you must have beautiful feet, Dr. Laszlo. <laughs> well, I do a lot of swimming, so at least they are clean. <laughs> I don't know at least they are clean. Thank you so much for being on the show. And we're going to say goodbye to Dr. Laszlo and take a station break. We'll be right back. Did you know that Reiki healing can be done at a distance? It's true. So let Reiki Oasis focus powerful energy to help relieve your stress, grief, sadness, anger, and so much more. Convenient, personalized treatments at a distance can increase lightness of being. During your appointment, find a quiet place to lie down or sit to receive healing energies. If you want help with your dis-ease, visit ReikiOasis.com. Harness life's energy. Visit ReikiOasis.com today. Hi, I'm Dr. Shelley Place with today's tip for kids from the American Academy of Pediatrics. Kids are full of energy, but keeping them active in their teen years can be a challenge. Aim for an hour of physical activity every day. If they like sports, that's a great place to start. Keep the focus on fun, not winning, and encourage your child to do a variety of activities. If your child isn't meeting that 60-minute goal, gradually increase their activity in ways they enjoy. For more, talk with your pediatrician or visit HealthyChildren.org. Have something important to say? Want to help improve our world? Need to promote your business uniquely and effectively? KKNW is the answer. Our staff helps broadcasters and podcasters create professional-sounding audio. Bring your talent and let our experts help you craft a radio show or podcast that best delivers your message. Learn more at 1150kknw.com. That's 1150kknw.com. KKNW, talk variety that's live and local. Alternative Talk 1150, here to uplift your day. Welcome back to the original Loretta Brown Show. I am Loretta Brown, the owner of Reiki Oasis, located here in the greater Seattle area. Our guest today was Dr. Irvin Laszlo, and he could only be with us for a half an hour. He's a very busy man with many things going on. But we have been talking about his book, Global Shift Now, A Call to Evolution. And I really, um, like I said, I really encourage everybody to uh, get this little 100-page book and and take a look at it. He shares his vision in, uh, in there of 2030, what he what he envisions, uh, and basically talks about the changes that he feels need to be made. Um, in the book, he talks a lot about what I call 
um, you know, the old ways of thinking that need to go. Things such as, um, you know, we have uh, uh, resources are, are, are continuous, like there's no end to it, right? That we can take and consume and do anything that we want and we don't cause any harm to ourselves or to the world. He also talks in there about the disparity between those who have so much and those that don't have so much and really brings into uh, into focus, I'm going to say, um, this idea that there is a new way to do things. And hang on just a second. I'm looking for a quote that I, I printed out. And he says, in the upheaval of the global shift, new cultures can be created at the periphery and move toward the center. There is a plethora of new cultures about to be born, and there is one that holds particular promise. It is made up of people who are rethinking their preferences, priorities, values, and behaviors, and are ready to shift from the ideal of consumption based on quantity toward quality uh, uh, defined by environmental friendliness, sustainability, and the ethics of production and use. They have a preference for replacing matter and energy wasteful technology and practices, <clears throat> excuse me, with lifestyles hallmarked by voluntary simplicity and the search for coherence with people and with nature. The young people who are the pioneers of the new culture seek to avoid the negative characteristics of the radical cultures of the past, such as engaging in antisocial activities, indulging in promiscuous sex, and seeking isolation. They are united by the aspiration to live a natural and responsible life, recalling and rejecting the heartless impersonality and mindless destructiveness of the mainstream cultures of the past. That to me is such a powerful, potent statement and really brings into focus a lot of the things that I'm talking about with uh, a lot of my clients. And, and as as many of you know, I, I do Reiki and I do um, counseling, uh, spiritual counseling and, and uh, readings. And a lot of the things that are coming out have to do with what are the times that we're going into and what is going to happen in 2021. And I'm here to tell you that the biggest part of this global shift, one of the biggest, um, I don't know, calls to action, one of the biggest things that sets it apart from anything else is that we, each one of us, is being called to be an active participant in the world that we are creating. And so when we look out across the landscape of all that is, um, you know, I, I think we can, There, there's a lot of um, anger and, and violence. There's definitely raging fires here along the West Coast and even further inland. Um, there's, you know, there's hurricanes. There's many, many things to bring us to a point of concern where we could fall into fear or a feeling of powerlessness or hopelessness or what's the point. But, you know, we came here on purpose to be here at this time and you know it's it's a saying that keeps repeated over and over but we are the ones we've been looking for and that change as dr laszlo said has to begin on the inside of you you can begin with meditation or prayer you can begin with intentions 
you can begin by looking around your house and going, this is how I've been living. Is this sustainable with what I'm doing? And it, it's not like we all have to live minimalist lives, but there, this could be a time of just simply reevaluating. Um, I was talking to somebody yesterday and we were talking about, you know, what what is important, right? Um, some people have lost their houses in the fire. My my heart goes out to them. Some people have lost their families, their lives, their pets. I mean, you know, it's a destructive force, uh, a catalytic force. And his comment to me was, you know, Loretta, at the end of the day, it is my family, the ones that I care about, my community that really matters to me. And so you get to kind of take a look at the idea that, yes, we are in this all uh, together. And as Dr. Laszlo so beautifully put, we need to walk hand in hand into the future. And yes, we have to make changes. There are old ways of thinking that need to go and um, new ways that need to come in. His book, Global Shift Now, A Call to Evolution, really talks about that. But I wanted to go take a few minutes and go into what I call, it, what is in his book. It's called The Ten Commandments of Living in a World of Diversity. And just kind of read that to you on the air to um, continue his message through this hour. So number one, live in ways that enable other people to live as well meeting your needs without detracting from the chances that other people meet their needs. And I'm going to read it again. Live in ways that enable other people to live as well, meeting your needs without detracting from the chances that other people meet their needs. These things are for you to ponder and to just evaluate what does that mean to enable other people to live as well as you at the same time meeting your needs? This is not a sacrificial time. This is not a time of giving it all away. This is a way of trying to help us all make it through. And that requires each one of us to step forward. We are not victims. The victim mentality is an old way of thinking. It's, it's part of what I call the dreaded drama triangle. And the victim mentality is exiting. It needs to go away. We are in a new reality where we are all co-creators. We are all co-creators. We are not victims. And how much we co-create and how much we realize that the very first question any of us ever need to ask ourselves is, what outcome do I want? What kind of a world do I want to live in? Do I want it to be a world filled with peace and harmony and prosperity for everyone? Do I want to live in an angry world, a separated world, a, divi a divisive world? So we all get to remember that we are helping to co-create this. Irvin also brought something very powerful out with the butterfly effect concept, and I was really thinking about this when he was talking. Um, if a butterfly wings flapping in Seattle could cause a, a, a hurricane and in the other side of the world. What possibly could happen if I have an, an angry outburst at someone? What is that causing? What happens if I decide to be kind and caring and compassionate to someone and I send that energy out? What could that possibly create? 
And I think that we need to really get to the point we understand we live in a sea of energy and we are energetic resonant beings and how we how we resonate the frequency that we emit affects everything it's an interactive interface the substance in the air all around us waiting to create is simply waiting for us to have a thought and i'm going to say a supercharged thought so it can begin to create itself into something that is a very potent thing to understand and to also understand that you are more than your physical body and your energy does affect not only yourself and your environment but obviously the whole world and we didn't go that so far out but maybe the whole cosmic universe there's so many things we don't know that we are currently learning and we're learning them through the raising of our consciousness and through science and through the combination of those things back to my 10 commandments of living in a world of diversity number two live in ways that respect the right to life and to economic and cultural development of all people wherever they live and whatever their ethnic origin sex citizenship and station in life and just to remind you i'm reading the ten commandments of living in a world of diversity from ervin laszlo's book global shift now number three live in ways that safeguard the right to live in a viable environment for all the beings that inhabit the earth live in ways that safeguard the right to live in a viable environment for all the beings that inhabit the earth the earth is our home it is home to all sorts of of, of beings and life forms it's also home <laughs> believe it or not to people who don't agree with everything that you think and say and do <laughs> somebody told me one time don't believe everything you think right um, but it is home to many many various and diverse things number three excuse me number four pursue happiness freedom and personal fulfillment in harmony with the integrity of nature and with consideration for the corresponding pursuit of others I'll read it again and I'm reading them twice because these are very thoughtful and uh, thought filled statements that sometimes you you know sometimes when someone's talking you're thinking about the next thing you want to say and or part of what they said and you don't really get the whole thing so number four pursue happiness freedom and personal fulfillment in harmony with the integrity of nature and with consideration for the corresponding pursuit of others. Number five, require of your political leaders that they relate to other states and peoples peacefully and in a spirit of cooperation, recognizing the legitimate aspiration for a better life and a healthy environment of all the institutions created for the management of human life on the planet number six require of business leaders in your society that they accept responsibility not only for the owners and shareholders of their enterprise 
but for all its stakeholders. That's actually kind of a big thing. We're looking out across the uh, climate of, of huge corporations who um, may or may not um, be accepting that kind of responsibility. But if you're even a, a small business owner, such as I am, to accept responsibility for the people that I do business with or that I donate money to, right? So um, require of business leaders in your society, they accept responsibility, not only for the owners and shareholders of their enterprise, but for all its stakeholders. And by the way, some of these uh, Ten Commandments coming from Irvin Laszlo are, are definitely up for discussion. And you may be having your own ideas, but hopefully they will be evoking something within you. Number seven, require of people in the public and in the social media that they provide a stream of reliable information on trends and processes that affect people's health, prosperity, and chances for a good life. We require of people in the public and in the social media that they provide a stream of reliable information on trends and processes that affect people's health, prosperity, and chances for a good life. Number eight, make room in your life to help those less privileged than yourself to live a life of basic dignity free from the humiliation of abject poverty. Make room in your life to help those less privileged than yourself to live a life of basic dignity free from the humiliation of abject poverty. We have yet to see the full uh, gift <laughs> that the corona pandemic and everything else happening has given us this year in 2020 as we emerge into 2021. We do have some massive astrological events happening for the rest of this year, especially on December 21st of 2020. There is an alignment of planets that is hopefully bringing in a massive new energy for, I, I, I don't want to say the new world we're stepping into because it's the same world, it's us in it. It's just what it is that we're creating. So um, try to try to build into that, that, that we're all, we are walking hand in hand. Number nine, work with like-minded people to preserve or restore the essential balances of the environment in your neighborhood and as needed in other parts of the world. Work with like-minded people. This is coherence, this is cooperation. This, a lot of people say, well, the divine feminine is coming in. Well, the divine feminine is coming in, but she wants to hold hands with the divine masculine and say, let's do this together. So a spirit of cooperation, of coherence, the spirit of evolution, we cannot go backwards. We cannot. We've gone too far to go back. If we try to go back and rebuild the structures that are, are crumbling, we will literally destroy ourselves. And my guides and angels are very, very clear that holding hands, forgiving each other, having sympathy, compa empathy, compassion, kind, kindness, and then remember, this is not a time to go and throw flowers in between the marching armies. I was saying that to someone uh, recently. Imagine one army on one side facing another army and they're all geared up and ready to go and they're yelling their blood curdling cr cr cries and they're ready to go. And 
and a little girl walks out in the middle and throws flowers and says, now we need to love each other, right? I, I wonder, would it be enough to stop them? Maybe it would take a whole lot of people. So work with like-minded people. It is a time to find, as I call it, your soul tribe, your people, and hang out with them. And uh, number 10, encourage young people and open-minded people of all ages to evolve the spirit that empowers them to make ethical decisions on issues that shape their future and the future of their children. Encourage young people and open-minded people of all ages, that's all of you, to evolve the spirit that empowers them to make ethical decisions on issues that shape their future and the future of their children. How often do we talk about ethics anymore? I'm of an age we used to talk about ethics. When I teach my Reiki classes, I always talk about the ethics of being a Reiki practitioner or a healer or a counselor. We, we ourselves need to hold ourselves a little bit accountable to how we show up on planet Earth. Are we in our integrity? Do we have integrity? What is ethical behavior? And then in addition to that, because I'm an energy worker and I'm an empath and I'm a girl that knows what it's like to get caught up in the, in the swirl of all that is, can we also have kindness and compassion for our own selves? And can we be um, compassionate for others? I think that we're in such a challenging um, time. We, th we today have a new moon and that new moon is calling us to uh, plant some seeds for the future. We have a Virgo new moon, and it's the first in alignment of three super new, new moons over the coming months. This trio of super moons will then lead us into a total solar new moon eclipse in December, which will activate and open a portal to a bright new beginnings. New moons are the start of a lunar cycle, so this lineup of super new moons crescendos into a solar eclipse indicates we're shifting into a new paradigm that will open on eclipse day. This is September 17th. We have October, November, and December. And then we're going to be going into <laughs> 2021. Someone posted on my Facebook page the other day, they go, not to not to upset anybody or scare anybody, but Mad Max took place in 2021. And I, I'm like, that's okay, bring it, because this is the most exciting time you could ever live on the planet. You came, you literally came to Earth to be part of this transition, this evolution, this, this raising of consciousness, this shift from 3D to 5D, call it whatever you want, but um, we are shifting and we are moving forward. Under this new moon of today, by the way, embrace the healing power of nature, herbal medicines, and plant foods to restore and recharge your energy field. Virgo rules the digestive system, so try to nourish your belly with massages, yoga, and healthy home cooking. It's a great day to have a great, wonderful, healthy, uh, maybe even a raw vegan diet. It's up to you, whatever you eat. But um, our, di our digestion can be sluggish from a poor diet, 
and we ourselves can be sluggish from a poor diet. We're coming up on nearing the end of the show. I want to remind you, I'm Loretta Brown. I'm the owner of Reiki Oasis. The day after tomorrow on Saturday, I do have the Temple of the Divine Feminine. It's my monthly class with women. It's um, we, We're going to be doing a healing ceremony. We're going to be doing the Power of Eight. So I hope you can join us. You can sign up for everything at schedule.reikioasis.com. I do a meditation every Sunday morning at 11, Sunday meditation with Loretta. It is by no donation of zero to $22. And I hope you'll join me every Sunday. If you can't make it, just let me know. I'll send you the recording. And I would like to end with a wonderful quote from um, Irvin Laszlo's book. This is a quote from Arthur O'Shaughnessy. We are the music makers and we are the dreamers of dreams. Wandering by long sea breakers and sitting by desolate streams, world losers and world forsakers, on whom the pale moon gleams. Yet we are the movers and shakers of the world forever, it seems. We in the ages lying in the buried past of the earth, built Nineveh with our sighing and Babel itself in our mirth, and o'er through them with prophesying to the old of the new world's worth, for each age is a dream that is dying or one that is coming to birth. Be well, my wonderful listeners. Um, be sure to find me at ReikiOasis.com. Be sure to sign up for anything and everything. And I want you to remember that this global shift is giving us a precious opportunity. It is opening the way to creating a world that lives up to the real potentials and the highest ideals of the human spirit. Never has there been a more exciting or more important opportunity in the entire history of our species.